0: All right, y'all. We have a special end of year treat. I have Yolanda frazier Gills, CPA, with us. We're gonna do some end of year tax planning, y'all. So um, get your get your pen and pads ready, uh, cause we're about to try to save you some money. So thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. So so let's let's get right into it. So this is the end of the year. We're you know like I've gotten better, right? So I've been in business for a while but this used to be the time of the year where I would really get stressed out because I would start thinking, all right, I'm gonna get that organizer email from my CPA in January. I don't have anything organized. I don't know what to do. I don't know what changes. So what can people do to um, reduce their anxiety at the beginning of the year when they're completely unprepared? That is a good question.
1: (laughs) Start now, really, with the
0: planning. Don't wait for
1: your tax professionals uh, organizer just start getting the things together as you said you know we've all been doing this a long time you know so just go to the very basics you know get all of your income together all of your deductions together and then if you have questions, then that's when you yield to us you know we're, we're there for you and the organizer will come in January by the way <laughs> but we don't want you to wait until then <laughs>
0: Okay, and 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 so and and so here's a here's a follow-up question to that. You know, is there something that people can be doing? So I'm set. You know, setting your goals for next year. What can I be doing January, February, March, April, May, so that I'm already prepared uh, in December um, and organized. Well, I think the
1: the main thing is um, don't procrastinate. You know, just really start with a plan to get your records organized. You know, we make those New Year's resolutions, you know, that this is going to be the year that I get organized, Mm -hmm. you know, but really just follow through with it, you know. If you don't have an accounting system in your business, you know, make that a number one priority Mm -hmm. to get an accounting system. The days of doing things, you know, out of your pocket, (laughs) here, you know, those things are gone, you know, use the technology. And it's really, really economical now, Mm -hmm. you know, to do that. So the main thing is, you know, consider that you may be getting ready for an IRS audit. So that means you need uh, documentation for all your income. You need documentation for all of your expenditures. Pretty basic. Okay. So if we start with that, you know, start with an automated accounting system, you know, that's the basis. Then
0: you follow through and keep it current. And so that's a system that basically, you know, for those who, who who don't know, is you go in monthly. It uh, categorizes everything for you, so you can have a January report, a February report, and everything's organized so that at the end of the year you can just turn it into uh, your CPA and.
1: Well, hopefully you won't wait until the end of the year because we do want you to check in with us. (laughs) Mid-year, you know, even, you know, depending on how robust your situation is, you know, even quarterly. We have clients, you know, that we visit with quarterly and update that estimate on a quarterly basis. You know, so there won't be any surprises. I think really the worst thing that could
0: happen is at the end of the year, you don't have a clue. Not good. Not good. At all. Not good. <laughs> okay. So the second question is, um, what are some end of year things that we can do to help us save money next year, right? Because January 1st is too late for a lot of things. We have to have already done it. Right. That is correct. And as I said to you before we went on air,
1: I come today bearing gifts. <laughs> <laughs> There, uh, as I went through my toolbox, I found, you know, there are really seven major things that you can still do before December 31st. Okay, okay. The first one is um, to reduce your taxes, max out your retirement contributions. You know, if you have a 401k at work, you know, there's a lot of room, I would imagine, in there. Typically, what people do is, you know, contribute the 2% or 3% or whatever the employer matches, mm-hmm. you know, but you can go way beyond that, you know, for under uh, 50, you can actually contribute up to 19,000. Now I don't cool. know how many people have 19,000 in the before uh, December 31st, but understand that there's a lot of room there, mm-hmm. you know. And if there is a, a large contribution and you want to do it through your employer, it can still be worked out through your payroll department. Mm-hmm. The second one is consider converting your traditional IRAs to Roth. And you may say, you know, why do I want to do that? Because the traditional IRAs are taxable when the money is pulled out. So how is that going to save me taxes? Well, we're in one of the lowest tax rates across the board era right now. In history. In history. You're right. And so this, you know, take a look at the traditional IRA accounts. This may be the time to consider, if not all, you know, even a portion. Well, you know, we have a lot of people have these accounts, you know, just scattered about. You know, consider, you know, looking at the total picture. What do I have in these taxable retirement accounts? Mm-hmm. And then consider, you know, um, do the math on it. You know we can help you with the calculations, your CPA or tax professional can help you to see if it really makes sense to convert to an IRA, a Roth IRA. And so what that does is, you pay taxes now at the lower rate, but later on, if you leave that money in that Roth account, Payday is at the <laughs> end of
0: the road. How, how, many, how many of your retirement clients are retired client <laughs> like, hey, how do I save money in taxes? They got all this IRA, pre-tax right, right, money. Right, right. You know, payday is
1: at the end of the road if you get um, the money into the Roth. Distributions from a Roth have two major advantages. One, when you pull it out, no taxes. You know, pull it out major difference between a traditional and a RAW, The second one is there is no required minimum distribution. And so if you haven't heard that uh, RMD at age 70 and a half, no matter what in those traditional IRA accounts, Mm -hmm. you gotta start pulling that money out of Mm -hmm. there. And so that's what the mandate is now. Will it change? We don't know, but we're working with the rules the way that they are now. So it may,
0: it still may make sense, yeah, you know, no. for some people to do that. I liked that a lot because, like I was saying before, a lot of my retired clients um, are looking for tax strategies. I'm like, you got a paid-off home, you're, you're not in business anymore, you got a couple of million dollars in pre-tax accounts. Um, you know, talk to your CPA, but I don't see anything. <laughs> right. No,
1: when when the accounts have gotten, and that's that's the, the advantage of doing it now. If your right. accounts not in your know, millions of dollars, right. you know, and they can be, you know, they can get that yeah. high, you yeah. know, because you can put real estate inside of a Roth IRA, right? Mm-hmm. So if you know, how long you know does it take for? real estate to appreciate well we're 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 in a boom now and we've been in a boom you know in the real estate market for a long time right. so if you can get that real estate inside there you know right. it's very very um possible that you know you could be into the millions of dollars
0: in, yeah. uh, you know, no, I, accounts. I, I love it you gotta do it now <laughs> before you get there
1: exactly yeah. exactly
0: any other good treats let's see that um what else do i want well, so, so, yeah, so, so, so here's a good one, and, and then we move to the next one. But so, so, so stock losses, and this may not be the year, right? This might have been more applicable in 2018 when people had losses. Right? People are going to have lots of gains this year, but tax loss harvesting, right? Um, how, how, what are, how are folks um, supposed to think about doing that in their investment portfolio?
1: Well, the, the thing is that there is a, a standard... Three thousand dollar deduction for net operating losses. So you want to make sure that you take care, take that one first. And so the strategy is, if you have short term losses and long term gains, the the most effective way would be the long term losses. So if you have any long term losses and short-term gains, you want to make those, you know, match those together mm-hmm. so they can get with you and you can tell them what, <laughs> short-term, long-term, or, mm-hmm. or what, but, you know, you want to take a look at that to see if you can harvest, that's what we call it, you know, you know, some especially if, you know, there have been some dogs in the portfolio for a while already, <laughs> this may be
0: the time, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. Okay, okay, and I, and I know some dogs that <laughs> I can like name up, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to think the ones that are in your portfolio. <laughs> I, I, I can't think right now, I don't want to be any accurate, But I've seen some dogs. <laughs> All right, so um, ne- next question is, uh, at the end, so, so I'm, I'm doing my business plan right now, right, and I know some marketing things that I want to do. Uh, for next year, it's gonna help me make some money, but I have some extra cash. Is it smart to just go ahead and uh, make those investments now, like join the associations now versus waiting? Well, you can join associations now, because
1: all the expenses um, that you make before the end of the year, December 31st, uh, if they are business expenses, you know, they can be deducted, you know, even though the, the membership will be you know, for the following year. Most taxpayers are on the cash basis of accounting. And so what that means is if you pay for something right now you know, you get that deduction right now. So Mm -hmm. do it before the end of the year. The other thing is, if you're considering making any major purchases of what's called tangible personal property, then you want to, and that would be things like equipment, you know, software, you know, if you're planning to do those things in 2020, take a good serious look at doing it now. Even if you don't have the cash, one good thing about the cash basis, the IRS, you know, is giving gifts to, if you use a credit card, that's considered, you know, cash. Hmm. So it's charged on charged it. Charged before December 31st, 31st so. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then you can deduct that. So the um, the gift from IRS, if you will, if you make equipment purchases, um, software purchases, whatever you need that's business related and it's tangible personal property, then you get to take what's called the Section 179 um, expense deduction, meaning you can expense the whole thing even though it lasts longer than a year, hmm. then you can still deduct all of it before December 31st. Nice. Nice. That is good. It's a million dollars, by mm-hmm. the
0: way up to a million dollars oh wow uh, and, and i do and this is this may be super technical um and and and, and very uh, narrow but i know you know it, i might have clients people i know who are getting bonuses yes. and they also are charitable um can't they like do something with a resident where you can contribute to a um a donor you know donor advised fund that yeah. you can just get the contribution you know, now and they kind of give that money away later, yes, yes. And they us say, um,
1: all of the, the big houses usually have that. It is actually um, an independent fund, mm-hmm. and the way it works is that you would contribute um, to the donor advised fund um, this year before or create it. And it doesn't really take that long. Fidelity has one, Schwab has mm-hmm. one. You probably even, you know, had well, to I, I mean, somebody yeah, to. Yeah,
0: I, I use companies that, yeah, right. yeah but the Schwab and Fidelia are the big ones. Right, so, yeah.
1: right. You can set that up. doesn't take that long to set it up. And the idea behind that is uh, if you're a charitable giver, you know, that charitable intent has to be there, uh, then take some of this money that you have in these accounts that are not earning any money you know and it may be you know excess in your emergency fund or your checking account take that money donate it to a donor um, put it inside a donor advised fund those are considered the donor advised fund is really considered a charitable organization mm-hmm. so you get the deduction this year you know I'll give you a quick example I was looking at uh, setting that up for myself um, all of 15 minutes really to get it set up Um, And then what you do is think about some of that money, like I said, that money that's not really working as hard as it could for Mm -hmm. you. Take that money and put it into the donor advised fund. Okay, so where does it get to the charitable organization? Then you direct in 2020 the, the fund to give to the United Way. Or if you're a church giver, you can even advise them to you know donate to your church. Um, but you do want to check the the details, you know, because mm-hmm. there was some yeah, was something out there about well, one you know one of the funds they want to give to the church. know, mm-hmm. that's not, <laughs> not, not <laughs> exactly <their> culture. <Non-tourced. laughs> no, right, no, because right, we're mm-hmm. in the Bible Belt. But you know, just check the fund out. But it's real easy to do, and that goes with the uh, planning technique for what we call now. Uh, bunching your deductions so mm-hmm. that you'll be able to itemize. As you're probably aware, the standard deduction has increased to twenty four thousand four hundred for a married couple filing jointly. Mm-hmm. You know, twelve two for a single individual. So what that means is those deductions of uh, interest mm-hmm. on your house, you know, taxes on your house, charitable contribution, excess medical. Um, deductions, if they don't total those maximums, then you're taking that standard deduction. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to bunch bunch the deductions together uh, for over a year, and that's how you use a donor-advised fund, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you probably won't be itemizing every year, but maybe every other year, mm-hmm. or every three years, you know, you use that strategy. Say something happens with catastrophically god forbid you know in the medical area and you have a lot of medical expense deduction. then that would be a year that you want to try to maybe bunch those charitable contributions along with it
0: as i understand it right like let's say you put in ten thousand dollars you can get the deduction on it this year but you don't have to give all ten next year. You can give five next year, and then five the next year. Is that right? right. Okay. Advising
1: the the the, the fund. Mm-hmm. You know how you want it distributed. Okay, exactly. Oh,
0: good, good stuff. Um, last last technical question, right? So, um, um what does a, and this is less tax thing, but it's kind of related. What does an outsourced CFO do? Because that you know, I know that's one of the services that you offer. Um, I know a ton of businesses who who need it and don't know they need it. You know, um, but what does an outsourced CFO do? Okay, the the that
1: is one of the services that we provide. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it, it stands for Chief Financial Officer, okay. you know. And a lot of small to medium sized businesses, you know, can't afford a full time Chief Financial Officer. And what that person does, and what we do for our our clients is we put uh, help them coach them with putting strategies based on interpretation of the numbers. So you know. Depending on where you are in your company's finances, you know, if you're a startup and you're just trying to get your financial statements, you know, that's good, you know, that's where we want you. But if you're an established company, been in business for a while, then our job as your CFO is, you know, to take a look at your financial statements and help you understand, you know, what your margins are, gross profit, net profit, you know, are, are they where they're supposed to be? You know, they're, depending on what industry you're in, you could be above or below the industry standards. And what we do is take the, help you and coach you through um, changing
0: the strategies so that you can do Better than the norm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Which, which is which is important, right? Because I give I give a couple like examples, like, right? and we can riff on it. But there's a there's a debate going on about the whole Amazon and how low taxes they're paying. Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling people is, and I forget, like, I read income statements and cash flow statements for a living for the investments i invest in. I'm like, look at the cash flow statement, y'all. And there's a correlation between when Amazon says, we're going to, when they said, we're going to do free shipping, right? That was because they took all the cash flow and invested it, right? This year, stock hadn't done so well because cash flow statement hadn't done so well because they said, we're going to do one day shipping, right? And so, you know, what he's done for 20 years is basically not, like not made any money to make uh, better products for us so that we uh, buy Amazon, right? And so what that, what that showed me is either Jeff or probably he has a very smart CFO where Jeff is saying, here's the strategy, and he's saying, cool, let me manage the money to make sure that we, we can pay the bills, but that we also uh, have money to invest. And that's kind of an example that I see a lot of people um, um, in businesses that are saying, I wanna grow or I wanna do this, but don't have a cash flow strategy. Right, you do have to have that cash flow strategy in mind, you know, and, and then if,
1: you know, it does take cash to run a business. You know, so if, if we're on top of it and doing the cash flow projections, you know, we can do both. Um, as long as that, that income plan, that growth plan is there, you know, the mm-hmm. line of credits available, you know, short-term um, funding, you know, for specific projects, you know, you can do accounts. Receivable financing, there are a lot of ways to get the cash Mm -hmm. moving
0: while you're still, you know, growing the business. Right, you hit on that. That was the other part I was going to say. You you answered it. I was going to say, especially if you want to grow and you want to get money from the bank. You know, I went to, I'm part of a private equity association. And, you know, the the jokes of the night were all about how all these super mega successful businesses that people hear about are just like, terrible with cash. They they, they want to get they want to get money from banks and private equity but their records are terrible. Right. You know? And and and, and, and that's usually a no <laughs> 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 like, uh, so you want me to give you three million dollars into uh, some balance sheet that I I don't know what you know. Or you don't even have a balance sheet, how about that? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, that that's that's super important. Alright here, here's the fun questions, right? Okay. So these are the questions that um, you know we ask all of our clients, but and and, and they're very selfish questions for me. That's the first one is, we, I'm a foodie, right? So the first one is, what are your favorite restaurants to, to to visit in in Dallas Fort Worth?
1: I don't know if I have a favorite favorite, but I am a seafood lover, so okay. I you, you can get
0: you can get as many good ones as you want. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I do Landry's, and you know I do. Papados
0: and I do Red Lobster. You know, truth be told, you know Red Lobster is probably my favorite because of the biscuits. Okay, (laughs) 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 those biscuits are good. Okay, Um, I love seafood too. Uh, Side note, have you tried another brasserie? I haven't. It's in downtown on Main Street, next to the big Bank of America building. You would love it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, really good. Don't don't get a you know if you get a a drink. You get like an alcoholic beverage. They're super stingy, so I don't do that, I just go for the food. Okay. Yeah. It's like they put you know, I'm like, I understand you guys got standards, but just pour a little bit in there like I, you know. So, um, <laughs> oh, water is my beverage of choice. Um second question, what is what are some of your favorite um whenever you do get downtime, uh, series to watch? I
1: was watching um What is it? The one with the Music Empire? Empire. Yeah, I was watching that one, and then I was watching
0: Greenleaf. Greenleaf. I like Greenleaf. Yes. Are you like caught up this season? I think so. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I like I like Greenleaf a lot, Uh, and they're very similar, right? Greenleaf and Empire. They're written by the same people. You might know better than me. I don't know. My wife makes me watch those, but (laughs) I enjoy it. I don't not watch it. Uh, So Um, okay. What about favorite movies of all time?
1: Favorite movies? I'm not much of a moviegoer, mm-hmm. or even looking at them when they're old. But I did just recently watch Black Panther, so that lets you know that I'm really not a movie. Because I think that's been out a while. It's been out like
0: uh, almost three years now. <laughs> hey, but I'm glad you watched okay. it. But my, I, did you like it as much as I did? When you I watched?
1: liked it, and I, I really surprised myself. I don't usually watch, you know, because the trailers have things on about the spaceships moving around, mm-hmm. and I don't like those, you know, like I'm not a, a Trekkie, so I don't like, you know, Star Wars and yeah. all that. But I was surprised that I really liked Black Panther. So yeah, no, I, I, you know,
0: you know, well, I loved it. I loved it because when I was my boys' age, you know, nine and four, I guess they were younger before this, you know, the the black superheroes were like, you know, okay, we gotta have black superheroes. Right? And that's kind of how they were. They weren't like you didn't aspire to be them. You aspire to be Superman and Batman. This is one where I was like, like my boys literally like loved like Black Panther was number one on their list, and not number one because he's black, but number one because Disney did it right. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was done very well. Yeah. And
1: and for not to really be a movie person and a you know space, you know, technology, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was very good,
0: I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, what about, do you listen to podcasts at all? Sometimes, sometimes. Okay. What, yeah. what, what are some of the ones that you've liked and listened to?
1: Well, I do, um, a lot of the finance ones, you know, so I, I, listen a lot to uh, Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. you know, he's a get out of debt, no nonsense, you
0: know, guru. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. And and then uh, what about books? What what are your favorite books, or books that you recommend a lot?
1: I do a lot of um, reading, audibles, you know, that actually um, relate to um, the business field. We're growth strategists, so, you know, we're always looking for different angles, different techniques to help people grow. And so the latest one I was um, listening to was... um, um, Michael Gerber and about how, you know, the um, the seven things of highly effective people, you mm-hmm. know, and so you just really have to, you know, be laser focused is what the seven things are all about. Mm-hmm. Laser focused and then follow through.
0: hmm yeah, no good. And so, and and, and you, you have an announcement and we'll let everybody know how to follow you. You're coming out with your own. Uh, video podcast strategy. I am. Where, where can folks, and you're going to be giving like this kind of cool stuff on an ongoing basis. So where, where can folks find it uh, when it's up and running? Oh, it's going to be at
1: FrazierGills.com Frazier Facebook FraserGills, Twitter or whatever. We're going to yeah. have it all out
0: there. All right, <laughs> really? Okay, Okay. Cool. Cool. Hey, we'll, we'll tag it. Link it up. Y'all that are watching make sure you follow the page because whenever I have a complicated tax problem, uh, I call Ms. Fraser Gills, or send her an email, uh, she's very knowledgeable, um, like really knowledgeable, um, very few people. Um, uh, I could have hit on the spot with the technical remained remainder first question, and uh, so she's always answering stuff like that, right? So I'm excited about you having that stuff dripping and coming out and, and, and sharing with folks.
1: I'm
0: excited as well. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. My love thank you. for being on. The information in this episode was meant for informational educational purposes, not meant to be tax advice or investment advice. You need to seek your own counsel and tax professional before making those decisions. Y'all enjoy your